Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner, and my faithful co-host, Brian Henderson, is back with us tonight. Brian was out last week, and uh, he he uh, he's back tonight, and we welcome Brian back. Back, Brian, are you there? Yes, I am. How you doing? I'm doing better, doing hey, better. What do you think about tonight's show? I know you're really excited. Yes, tonight's show is going to be awesome. It's going to talk about a topic that, while everybody knows a lot about it from the surface, you know, deep down it's going to really be, you know, an experience for us all. Yes, yes. I tell you what, tonight's topic is choose life. I'll say that again, Brian. Choose life. Our special guest is best-selling author Cheryl Williams. Cheryl has a BS degree in early childhood development and human development. She's the owner-operator of Learning from Home Early Childhood Development Center. Cheryl, are you there? Here I am, yes. Thank you. How are you? How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm fine, gentlemen. How are you all? We're all blessed. We're blessed. You know what? What's that? Tonight is going to be the beginning of a new life for a lot of people. I agree with you. Yes. God is going to touch a lot of lives, and I'm sure that the Holy Spirit is going to see to it that uh, people are blessed and uh, spirit-filled and that lives are going to open up and testimonies are going to come flowing. Yes, yes. I I really believe that. You know, your your book, Some Reasons Why Kids Gone By, and this book is is not a book that was just written uh, this this is true. This is based on true stories. Exactly. What I did was I put ads in newspapers and magazines, uh-huh. and I solicited people's true live accounts of abortion. Uh-huh. I called it some reasons why kids gone by because it literally means that's a shortened version. Uh-huh. Literally, it means these are some of the reasons why our kids have gone by the wayside. And it talks, as you, as I mentioned, about abortion. It's a risky subject. A lot of us don't want to admit that um, we've had any experiences with that in that area. Um, but it's time that the Holy Spirit broke barriers and opened up lives and, and set some people free because the, the Word teaches us that the truth will set you free. Yes, and you know what? When I, when I first saw the title of your book, Some Reasons Why Kids Gone By, I had no idea this was about abortion. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I mean, if 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 someone would just see this the, top, the title of this book, they wouldn't think that. Mm-hmm. You know, God must have given you this title. He did. Um, it comes out of a personal experience, as those who um, get a copy of the book will see. And we don't want to give it away um, yes. completely, but um, it comes out of a personal experience, an experience that was close to my heart. Because um, as I mentioned, these. These are a few of the reasons why kids have gone by the wayside. This is a, one of the explanations why children have not um, have gone astray. Um, they become much too promiscuous, um, much too lenient, more lenient than we were when we were younger, and even the generations before us. And so, that's the title: some reasons why kids gone by. Yes, that's that's awesome. And you know what? This is a very, very sensitive subject. It is. You know, people are losing their lives behind this. Exactly. And, you know, and I thank you so much for being transparent. I thank you so much for for sharing your life with us because what you're talking about in this book is something that's a dark secret to a lot of people, and that dark secret is keeping these people in bondage. And I just thank you so much for, you know, being transparent and coming on the show, telling your story, and for help freeing others. Thank you so much because that was the reason why I wrote the book. I wanted to be a testimony just to make people aware of how prevalent abortion really is um, and to start a buzz among our young people so that they'll have on their lips the subject of abortion just like Subjects like alcoholism, promiscuity, drugs. Um, so it will be made prevalent to people because it's happening a lot more frequent than we realize. Um, 
In fact, when I did the research for this book over the Internet, mm-hmm. I found out that one out of every four 20-year-olds has had an abortion or knows somebody who has. Wow. 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 Uh, for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our call-in number is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Cheryl, i got a question for you. Sure. Um, when you were interviewing um, a lot of the people, how how open were they initially? Did they come right out and, you know, talk about their experiences, or did you have to sort of, you know, work on them a little bit to really get them to open up? Well, actually, all the research was done through the mail. I literally put ads in newspapers and magazines, different magazines about different newspapers locally here in Baltimore, and I asked people to send me their true live accounts through the mail, and they sent me letters, and every letter that I got, I wrote a chapter, and people were very wide open. They told me, circumstances, they told me graphically um, some of the details, and I bu- of course I had to buffer it because um, some of it may have been a little bit too graphic for print. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm praying and hoping that the Lord will open up an avenue. I'd like to make this like a movie slash documentary, and I'm hoping, up the Lord, hoping that the Lord will open up that avenue for me because um, in interviewing the people that I did, their stories need to be told. You know, we have a tendency when it comes to this subject to lay blame on one side or the other, and that's not my aim. Um, it's not my job to give a facts and figures account because I'm not a facts and figures. I'm not an expert in this area. I'm a person who has personal testimonies and a person who has spoken with people who have personal testimonies that they wanted to share. Hmm. I remember, you know, Cheryl, I remember Mm -hmm. when I read in your book, a part that stood out to me, and I think it stands out to a lot of people, when I climbed up upon that table, it was a cold and steel table. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Uh, Not just from print, but from actually when it happened, when I was actually going through the abortion Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say cold, it's 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 a it's a memory you never forget, because it almost as if it's almost as if everything slows down and it's in slow motion. It was almost like a movie because it was so surreal. And as I stepped up on um, the platform and I got I lay down on the table, I could feel the cold steel against the backs of my legs and the backs of my feet. And it literally sent chills through me. And I thought to myself, you know, God, what am I doing here? How did I get in this situation? And so there are so many younger, older uh, people, young women, older women, and even men who have had to make decisions about this type of subject matter who um, the women have experienced that same chill, that same, uh, it's it's a, it's a chill that is embedded in your brain. It's a chill that's embedded in your emotions. And it wasn't just the idea that the table was cold. It was the idea that the whole situation was cold. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. It, was, uh, it was cold. It was callous. It was hard to deal with as a 14-year-old. And as a 44-year-old, I still haven't gotten over it. Wow. You know, you said you were 14. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How in the world did you process being pregnant at 14? I'll tell you, under the, under the circumstances, um, it was something that happened to me that was not by choice. Um, it wasn't a rape, but it was. Uh, I was under the influence of drugs and alcohol at the time. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens to a, a lot of young women. Um, they're date raped. They're under the circumstances where they've been under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Right. And they are so inebriated, uh, so high, so out of their mind that they can't defend themselves or that they just walk li- openly walk into the situation 
um, and allow themselves to be taken um, before they even know what's going on. And maybe the next morning, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Before you even know what's going on. It may be weeks later before you even realize, you know, my God, what have I done? Cheryl, when you um, got a lot of your information back from, um, and not to not to have you like divulge too much information about the book, right. but how did how did it um, when you were forming these chapters? Mm-hmm. How did it make you feel personally, as far as like when you're reading these different stories? Because I know I hear about those stories, and you know I've never actually witnessed one, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I I know people who've had them. But right. they don't really talk about them. Exactly. And so kinda of give us an idea of 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 how it made you feel to read this, knowing that you also had done, you know, that same thing. It was something that I could completely identify with. Um, it was something that um like I said, still still has puts a chill in my soul at this point in time in my life. It caused a lot of destruction in my life over the years because that's something that you never forget. And in reading other stories, you you get the sense that we all share the same kind of feeling about abortion. Um, Like I said, I'm not a facts and figures person, but, um, you know, as in one of the chapters in my book is called The Interesting Thing Is, and, and what I say in that chapter is that Truth be told is that one half of 5.4 million pregnancies end up in abortion. So it's not something that is new. Um, It's not something that is dirty. It's something that uh, some young woman made made the wrong choice in life or had to do it because of a rape or had to do it, like in my circumstance, because of medical reasons which is the reasons that I had the uh, stories in the book. I had abortion, but it was for a medical medical reason. So in reading the different stories, I was able to kind of feel a sense of belonging. I felt much better about my own circumstance, not that you forget it, but you feel there's somebody, just like in a self-help group, um, which is one of the reasons why I wrote the book, so that young women, even older women, can identify with that experience if they've had that experience. And so they can say to themselves, finally find some peace within themselves and within their hearts and say, well, it wasn't the best decision I've ever made. It wasn't a decision I would have made uh, again. Um, But I have somebody now who can tell my story or who can help me identify with what I went through and why it's not something that I should beat myself off about it. Right. It's something that I should pray about to Jesus, knowing that um, our sins are as far away from us as the East is from the West, mm-hmm. and knowing that he's going to make it all right, knowing that he said to us, you know, you made a mistake. You know, if you take one step, I'll make two. You come to me and you confess your sins. You know, I'm faithful and just to forgive you. And so it was. I could identify with all the different stories, and it gave me a sense of peace in, in the interim. Yes. You know what? So many women right now are struggling with the fact that they did have an abortion at a very young age. Yes. You know, in a lot of homes, they don't want to embarrass the family. Exactly. They don't want to... Uh, raise a child on their own because they're just children themselves. Right. So a lot of women are carrying that into their future and they're suffering, they're suffering, and they're suffering. You know, and and if they don't know God, I don't know how they're dealing with that pain. Uh, well, I'll say this: they're probably some of them are probably using drugs. Exactly. To, to kill that pain or to ease the pain just for a little while, just to give them a breather so that mm-hmm. so that they don't have mm-hmm. to stay in that. And I'm saying this is something that's going on for years and years and years, and they they feel that there is no solution. They feel that what they've done is the worst thing in the world. And, you know, if you listen to the news, a lot of things that are put out there, it's done, okay? 
There, there's no forgiveness. Some say that on the news. You, you're a murderer. You're a killer. Okay, mm-hmm. it's done. You did it. Okay, it happened. Now it's time for you to get your life back. And that's exactly one of the main reasons I wrote the book. What Satan tries to do is to isolate us mm-hmm. because he knows that if he can steal us, kill us, and destroy us, then he can alleviate us yes. from this earth. Yes. And, the, and suicide, teenage suicide is very prevalent. Yes. And a lot of reasons that young women commit teenage suicide is from issues like this very one. Um, if he can isolate us and make us feel like we're alone in this, like, oh, my God, you know, I, 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 I did that 20 years ago, for example. And, um, you know, I, I, don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to live with myself. I, I could never tell my husband. I could never tell my daughter, my children. You know, or it could be a young woman in college. I, I hear, I, I made that wrong choice. Um, I, I'm just going to hide it. I'm keep it in my heart. I'm going to close myself off. Or a young woman, a young lady, young teenager, maybe 13, 14 years old now, yes. 12 maybe. Yes. I'm, you know, I'm sorry, mommy, I did this. I, you know, I, I'm keeping this a secret from mom because mommy would never understand. Um. This is the kind of thing that Satan tries to do to keep us isolated and to keep us closed off from everybody else going through these circumstances when, in fact, the Bible teaches us the very opposite. You know, we had talked about the Bible teaches us to bear your sins to one another. And it also tells the older women in the church to go to the younger women and teach them. So we need to open up lines of communication because Truth be told, young women are not the only ones having abortion. Abortion is not new. There's an account in my book where a woman was 60-some years old um, at now and had the, abortion, not, had the abortion and had a memory and wrote me and told me about this memory. So, uh, like I said, if, if he can keep us isolated, then he can steal, us, kill, steal our joy, kill off uh, our reasoning, our... our our clear, constant reasoning, and he can destroy us by keeping us so isolated and bound bound in sin and bound in guilt um, that he actually destroys us. Yes, yes. To all the listeners, if you're just listening in, this is the Abundant Solutions Hour. If you have a question for Cheryl, Cheryl will answer any question that you have. She's told me that. She said that there's nothing that she she won't discuss, and she's (laughs) open to trying to help as many people as she can. The call-in number is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Cheryl, I'm going to open the line up for our first call, and they're calling in from the 609 area code. That sounds good. Okay. <clears throat> Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, Cheryl, is this, is this Janelle? Hello, young lady. Yes, how are you? this is Janelle. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I was just listening in, and I just, you know, wanted to say, I'm, you know, I'm one of the women who, who has had an abortion when uh, she was younger. And for me, it was, it, it was kind of like I didn't want my parents to know that I was being promiscuous. You know, I mm-hmm. was, it was like I was the good girl, you know, going to school, track, but I had, you know, I felt like I was so sheltered and I was so overprotected by my parents. Mm-hmm. It was like I got to get out and, you know, I would, you know, be a wild child. And when I ended up pregnant, I got an abortion, but I didn't let my parents know. And, you know, years later, there was a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. So I understand what you're saying about that. Even now, I'm carrying a child, and it's like, you know, the, what you were saying about how the devil likes to whisper in your ear, what he would whisper mm-hmm. to me is like, remember, you know, remember the lives you aborted. You'll never carry this baby full term. So it was like that's where he was kind of whispering in my ear. So it was like, you know, I always, anytime my, you know, my baby would move, I'm like, oh, my gosh, is everything okay? But I was like, you know what, the devil is a liar, and exactly. God forgave me of that. That's so exactly I'm, right. I'm not even, you know, thinking. Sometimes it come, I'm like, you know what, I'm not even thinking about that because God forgave me of it. And it's a lot, I know a lot of times women don't talk about it because of the shame and the guilt. Exactly. Well, just know that the Lord has peace for you because 
Remember, I had mentioned earlier that our sins are as far away from us as the north, the east is from the west. Mm-hmm. Um, God has already mapped out a path for us, and we may not understand. I mentioned to the gentlemen, Gregory and Brian, about the story of David and Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. David uh, had Bathsheba's husband killed on the front line in a war right. because he wanted her. Mm-hmm. And eventually they came together and had a child, and out of that lineage, Jesus came out of that lineage. Right. So we see things on the surface, superficially, that seem like they're not okay or they're not the right thing to do. We may even think that they're sin, but God has a way of turning things around for his good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, out of the, you know, get, gain character and learn character as a woman out of those younger experiences and know that you're a woman, it's a woman of virtue of the Lord, and that Satan cannot bother you because you belong to the Lord. Oh, and I you know that. know that you have peace in your heart, and I wish you all the best with your newborn baby. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yes, yes, yes. I tell you what, uh, caller, please stay on the line. You know, it. The beautiful thing about this is now this caller, she's she's pregnant now, and she said that she, you know, she was she was battling in her mind about you know this, the the devil saying these things to her. You're not going to carry this baby. But the thing is. She immediately came back and said, you know what, I don't accept that. Right. I have a new life. You're not going to destroy my life. That's something that happened a long time ago, and now I'm moving forward. I know that, you know, that I know that had to take a lot of courage to deal with him like that because a lot of people, they cower down, they, they bow down to it because of that. It, it's such a stronghold. You know, like I said earlier, it's bondage. It's mm-hmm. a lot of bondage is what it is, and so many lives are being destroyed because of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Cheryl. Yes, yes that is kids. the truth. Am I correct? You have kids, don't you? I do. Yes. yes. No, I don't, you don't as a matter of fact. Okay, okay. Um, and as a result um, of one of the abortions that I had is the reason that I can have children, yes. in fact. Um. And like like we said, I'm not going to give the complete story away. Right. But um, I, I'm hoping that everybody listening who who even has uh, who's considered it, who may have had an abortion, or you know, there are young women in this world who are using abortion as a form of birth control. Yeah. You know, there, there are women who um, use abortion over and over and over and over again as a form of birth control. You know, so. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to give the story completely away, but one of the reasons that I cannot have children to this day was because of one of the incidents that I spoke about, one of the situations I spoke about in my book. Wow. Wow. Daryl, you know. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, not about the book, but about, um, you know, the, the caller earlier was talking about how she was trying to hide it and, you know, not mm-hmm. let her parents know what was going on. And then she later on talked about the hurt and the pain that she went through as a result of that. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many, you know, people now that they may be going through all kinds of different things that are completely unrelated to the fact that they had an abortion, you know, or mm-hmm. they had to make a decision like that. And, you know, I, I just want to take this opportunity to say that, it takes great courage for you to come out and openly discuss a topic like this, and and I applaud you on it. And, you know, I think that we need to have more dialogue, especially among people in the church, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, you'll have people in the world that will actually come together and have discussions about it and try to comfort people and you know, it seems like it's almost the reverse in the church where mm-hmm. when they find out, oh, you, you you killed a baby, you aborted a child, it's almost as if it's a scarlet letter or, you know what I mean? Right, I do know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Did you did you experience that, you know, once you start talking about the book? You know, what did you get from, like, the community of faith as far as, you know, did they did they take you in and did they say, okay, hey, you know, this is a great topic that you're discussing and we want to be a part of it, or did they sort of, like, take a non-stance against it? Well, actually, 
Actually, um, I, it, it has been a little of both, but mainly I'll give credit where credit is due. The Lord says that he will make room for your talent. This is a talent for me. I have a talent for discussing things. I have a talent for opening people's hearts um, with my words. Um, when I first discussed it with my minister, who's a local minister here in Baltimore, um, I spoke to him. I told him the subject matter. I gave him a copy of the book, and I asked him to go in front of the congregation and ask them to support me, and he did, and they did. Um, as well as um, their other church, I, I went to a different faith, in fact, uh, not faith completely, meaning uh, a branch, I should say, um, in the Christian faith, and I spoke to a bishop, and I told him the same thing, the subject matter, um, because I, I'm trying to get to the the ministers who work with the children as well, because this is a subject matter that directly is going to affect them, whether we like it or not. You know, uh, people in the church sometimes have a tendency to prejudge, even though the Bible tells us not to, and they pretty much will give you a label, like you said, a scarlet letter, or they will uh, avoid you so that they won't have to make conversation with you. But um, the Lord has been opening up doors tremendously. I've been generating some local um, publicity here in Baltimore. I've been on um, one of the most popular networks, really, in the United States. And um, the Lord has blessed me so that my own people have embraced me. Uh, meaning Christian, but there are a few. I have heard a couple of people who say, "Oh, that's literally one lady told me that that's that's wrong, a raunchy subject. I don't want to, you know." When I offered the book to her, she said to me, "Oh, that's that's raunchy. I don't want to read that, you know." And I thought, how can you deduce this from just the very per first paragraph, the very first sentence, you know? It has so much more depth to it. Um, but it, the answer to your question is. Most, for the most part, I have been embraced by the Christian church because I am a Christian, and I have been embraced by the Christian church. Um, I haven't had too much negativity. It's been mostly positivity, and I'm glad most um, ministries are willing to say, you know, this is something that's happening. It is something that's prevalent among our young people. It's time we do something because it's almost at epidemic proportions. Um, which is what I discovered when I was doing my research, and it alarmed me because I thought to myself, I didn't realize it was this prevalent, you know? And I wondered to myself how it was going to be taken in the writing by the Christian church, um, or for that matter, by um, the different branches. So I wondered myself how it would be received, but God has blessed me and opened up a ministry for me in this area, and People are receiving it well. Yes, good, good. Let me go to the, we're going to open the lines up again. I okay. think we have a couple of callers. The lines are going crazy right Great. now. Great. <laughs> For those that are listening in, please call. Uh, the call-in number is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. I have a caller on the line from the area code 478. Caller, are you there? Yes. Hey, how you doing? you have a question for Cheryl? Hi, Greg. This is Sonya. Hey, how um, you doing? Um, I want to um, say, too, that I had um, an abortion when I was about 15. Um, my mom had just walked off and left me and my dad. and So he was dealing with his own pain. I was dealing with mine. I wasn't raped, but I was really just persuaded mm -hmm. to have sex. Just really didn't want to, but just kind of... Not rape, but just forced mm -hmm. to just. I know, know exactly what you mean. So um, my dad actually took me to to the um, clinic to get it. He left me there, so I had to really go through this whole experience mm -hmm. by myself. But those that listening, I want them to know that it, that you can find um, forgiveness through Christ and 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 through He can give you a peace about it. You know, this took place before I got saved. God saved me when I was about. Um, 20, and I remember an older lady um, coming to me, and I guess God had really revealed um, some things to her, and she sat me down, and at that that day, she said that um, 
it, it just blew me away because I, I, you know, I was in school at the time, and you, you, you didn't want anybody to know, so you're carrying this, this guilt, but want to tell somebody, want to be free of it. So I carried it for a while. But when this lady sat me down and, and she began to just tell me, because I was newly saved, began to just tell me about God's love and his forgiveness, and she asked me to name my baby. She said, I want you to give that baby a name, and I want you to release that baby and let that baby go. Right mm-hmm. then at that moment, as I named that baby and I asked God for total forgiveness, it's like a peace. I've never been in bondage from that day on. From that, I mean, God totally freed me from the guilt, the shame, you know, the hurt. I mean, you you always remember maybe that the act of it and everything. I mean, I could probably go through the whole detail of my experience on that table, but I've never had any guilt or shame, you know, to that day. And sporadically, I share my testimony with people, and you know, God said it was going to be a day when I would really have to share a lot of things that. I felt was shameful in my life, but you can find total through Christ. You can find forgiveness. I mean, even you know to forgive yourself. You don't have to walk in condemnation. But that experience happened, and you know, and for somebody after they find out to say your dad took you know took you to get this done, but at the time he did, he was walking in his own hurt. I was walking in hurt, and. He really didn't know how to minister to me. I really didn't have anybody that I could really turn to and confide in. But through Christ, you can find the the forgiveness you need. And it is a lot of young women, even since I've been delivered, that have come to me over the years because I used to be a youth pastor and just have didn't even know who to turn to just, you know, to tell this, to just to find just to tell it is just liberating in itself, just to just get it off mm-hmm. your chest and don't mm-hmm. have to walk around with this on the inside. But I can say from that moment on, I have never walked in guilt or shame, you know. And oftentimes, you know, I used to reminisce and think, oh, my baby would have been such such age at this time. Mm-hmm. But it, you can find forgiveness and forgive yourself, and through Christ's love, he will heal. You know, I, I have experienced, some, you know, myself some female problems behind that. Um, experience, but God has blessed me to have two beautiful kids, and I thank Him every day for them. But it is forgiveness through Christ, through this. Um, but we, as a church, we don't, like you said, these issues are going on, and people are, are hurt within, you know, the church, and we don't want to deal with real issues because coming up, I wish, you know, more people would have been more transparent with me. You know, not mm-hmm. just get saved and everything. Just, I mean, so now as an adult, we having to deal with some of the real issues and if people just would have took the time just to just be open about these these issues and situations, you know, a lot more healing could have took place sooner. Exactly. Thank you for calling in and sharing your testimony with us. I appreciate it. And you made a very, very valid point and that is that, you know, once you get it out there, you know, we talked about having uh being repressed or depressed or suppressed by um these feelings of guilt, but once you get it out of outside of yourself, you know, even that was one of the reasons I wrote the book so people could read it and say, you know, I'm not I'm not by myself. You know what I'm saying? So that you won't be feel closed off and um isolated. I I'm not by myself. I need to get this out of my out of myself, confess it to the Lord and leave it there. That's right. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Thank you. Whew. Wow. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. what can you say behind that testimony? What what can you say? Good point. <laughs> yes, I, I think Sonya just she just wrapped up the show. <laughs> you know, we still got about thirty minutes left in the show, but I mean she just said it all. Yes. You know, but a lot of times in the church, and I'm not just saying the church, I'm just saying the people inside the church can be so cruel. Mm-hmm. They can be really, really cruel. And a lot, of, a lot of issues that come up, you know, as children, when you're coming up through the church, you can't discuss everything with church folk. Mm-hmm. You just can't do that. They will tell you to be quiet, it will get better. But you know what? 
the situation won't go away. At some point, you're going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, you're going to have to deal with it. Because we all come to a point in life where we have to face ourselves. And that's what life is all about. It's about the sloughing off of the old and the putting on of the new. You know, we become new creatures when we're in Christ, and a lot of us think, well, oh, I, well, I had an abortion after I was a Christian. I, Christian, I'm not new anymore. But the fact of the matter is that it's about a daily walk. It's about the sloughing off of the old and the putting off on the new. And we all get to a point of maturity in life, and it, it varies in age, but we get to a point of maturity in life where we have to face ourselves, and people commonly in the world call it fighting your demons. Yes. Appropriately so, you know. And so we have to face ourselves and and say, well, when I was younger, I robbed a bank. Or when I was younger, I used to run numbers. Or when I was younger, maybe I murdered somebody and got away or I embezzled something. Or You know, I mean, there are different levels of the same kind of sin. You you know what I'm saying? Abortion is just one of those levels. So we have to start... Talking to the older the older women, I'm hoping that some older women will call in and some men and some people maybe of different nationalities um, because I'd like a different viewpoint of um, what people think. But we have to start confessing our sins one to another, and this is a way of confessing and opening up and healing hearts and healing souls. Yes, that's so true. That's so true. Yeah. I have another caller. We're going to take another call from the 301 area code. Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? I guess we lost him. We have another caller from the 972 area code. Caller, are you there? Hello, Greg, Brian, and the guest. Hello, everybody. I don't know. I came on a little bit late, so I'm not sure if you've discussed this, but I have. um, Anyone can address this. I just have questions about Planned Parenthood, and I don't really like that phrase because, to me, it's not Planned Parenthood unless God is involved. But anyway, it concerns me that young girls can go into a place like that and make grown-up decisions without just basically on their own. Mm -hmm. I mean... And the reason why I say that is I've had firsthand experience in witnessing something that happened um, going through that. I knew of a girl, I knew a girl who we found out that she was sexually active. And when we discovered that, uh, she instantly told us that she wanted to go and get some birth control. So we sat her down and we had been talking to her about God and everything and, and how he feels about premarital sex. We had get, we had put everything into her that we should. and But, of course, a teen is going to make their own decision. So mm-hmm. she was just determined that she was going to have sex. So we decided, well, she's asking for birth control. At least she's trying to be responsible in that area. So we took her to Planned Parenthood not knowing where else to take her. We took her there and thinking that they were going to do what they do best and provide her with this birth control. So in order, we found out that in order to do that, you have to at first give them a pregnancy test. And, she, of course, she did not want us to go back there with her, so that was another, that was a red flag for me right there. I'm thinking, okay, this child is leaving us and going back there Mm-hmm. in the back by themselves with whoever's back there. We let her go back there because that was her so-called right not to have anyone else in the room mm-hmm. but her and them. So we're thinking that she's back there being examined and having the pregnancy test to get the birth control. Unbeknownst to us, she gets the pregnancy test results back. They tell her that she's pregnant and that that the baby more than likely will be born deformed or with Down syndrome. Now, how they knew this, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they gave her the decision right there that she had to make right there. They told her she had to go ahead and make the decision to abort the baby or to go on with the pregnancy. 
So we're sitting out in the waiting room thinking that she's just back there getting a routine exam and going to get birth control and we're going to go home. And we're not knowing that she's back there making this grown-up decision, this Mm -hmm. life-changing decision with this information that they gave her. So being a child of 14, they, they provided her with the option hey, we have this pill that you can take. I don't know what the pill is called, but mm-hmm. we have this pill that you can take. It's called the morning after pill. Okay, that will take care, your body will naturally, you know, get rid of the baby mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about anything. She said those were their words. You don't have to worry about anything. Mm. So they give her these pills. We go home and she's, we take her home and all weekend she's just depressed. And we're like, what's what's wrong? We try to reach out to her and get her to talk. She finally talks and tells us everything that happened. But by that time, she's taken this pill, and the process has already begun. My thing is, how can it be right or legal or whatever the phrase you want to use for a child to be able to go to a place like this and have to make decisions like that without any adult intervention besides whoever's back there with their own agenda. Right. I understand how you feel. Uh, in my book, you, I'd like you to get a copy of my book. This is just for the audience, why, the why, the audience at wide. But I, I um, Went through the exact same circumstance with me. I was 14 years old. You said you didn't start off here in the beginning, but I was 14 years old, and I actually had somebody take me who was like maybe 19 years old. Um, I went through the same circumstance. See, uh, 20-some years ago, there's, somebody started an unwritten law that said that young girls could come in for treatment um, in the name of saving social society from too many abortions or promiscuity and, and the spread of disease and that type of thing, which is why some of these programs were erected. So that's how they do it. Um, and then along the way it became legal somehow. So um, that's why. And I know you mentioned um, it's a chromosome test that they give um, to find out whether or not the child has Down syndrome or not. They do it through the amniotic fluid. So they're able to do, um, if with the permission of the, as long as the the child or the young lady is considered really to them, gives permission, then they are able to um, freely give her the morning after pill, which is what you're referring to, chromosome tests like what you mentioned, or even a full-fledged abortion, which is like something I had. So um, it is. it was an unwritten law years ago, over 20-some years ago it started. Somebody along the way decided that this would be better for society, and that's one of the areas that we falter in in society, in my opinion. I wouldn't have gone through um, the same circumstances again that I had been through before, but... Um, um, like you like you mentioned, it is very much legal for young girls to go into a clinic and get birth control pills without the consent of the parent. Um, as a matter of fact, um, they can have extensive tests done if they feel like the the person is in, in if they felt like she was her life was in jeopardy, which is what it sounded like in that particular instance. So it, they must have thought that her life was in jeopardy by the fetus being damaged or whatever, however they explained it. So, um, yeah, I I understand your concern. Because even while I was going through the process, I was only 14 years old, and I'm thinking to myself, this just can't be right. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, I'm thinking to myself, here I am at one of the major hospitals in the world. This can't be right. You know, here I am, I'm 14 years old. The person who brought me in was only... 18, 19 years old, you know what I mean? And um, this person is bringing me in and representing help, representing herself as an adult, and these people are accepting that. So, um, yeah, that's very much the case of what's going on, and it still goes on. Yeah, I, I want to make a comment on that, too. You know, it's it's no strange 
fact that, you know, in this society, they give children the permission to, you know, have abortions. They have the right to emancipate themselves, you know, before they turn 18. Mm -hmm. You know, they can have an abortion at 13. They can make their own decisions about sex, you know, without their parents, you know, at pretty much any age. But they can't drink until or vote. They can't drink until they're 21. They can't vote until they're 18. You know, here it is. We're talking about voting on an issue that could change the country, and they have to wait till they're 18. But, you know, when it comes to a decision that may very much change their entire life, you know, and their very mindset, and they believe that they're, they can make a responsible enough choice to do that. You know, I mean, you... Some ages you can't even they can't even be home by themselves, you know, you know they say oh you left a thirteen year old at home by themselves, you know, but at that same age they're responsible enough to make a a life changing decision, you know it just really speaks to the way that this world is just you know guided almost by Satan's hand. And, you know, being that you touched on that particular subject, I am glad that you did because I'm hoping that for for anyone who's listening, for just the audience at wide who's listening, if you are not saved, if you are going through the same circumstance, I would like for you to contact um, Reverend Gregory, Reverend Bryant, or myself. Um, I can give the address and name where you can contact me later on the end of the broadcast. But contact somebody and let us know that you're going through this circumstance. If you need some kind of counseling, we can refer you. I'm sure, gentlemen, is that correct? Yes. yes. We can refer you to some place where you can get some counseling or, or where um, you can get some help, but mainly for your soul's sake, for the soul of your child, for for you know, for the sake of your own peace of mind in life. Because as a couple of ladies had mentioned earlier on the broadcast, this kind of thing never leaves you. I'm not saying that you aren't forgiven by Jesus. That's a whole, totally different thing. But I'm just saying that when you make choices in life, you have consequences that you have to suffer. And even though you belong to Christ, this is a testimony that you now have in your life that you're going to have to carry for the rest of your life, whether you tell your aunt about it, whether you tell your mother about it, your girlfriend, or whether you keep it to yourself. And we're hoping that if you are not saved, that you will call and speak to someone and get counseling and pray to the Lord to get your soul saved, to get renewed, to get forgiveness for yourself and for your own peace of mind. And if you don't want to do that at this time, contact us anyway. Uh, you may want to get the book and read it, um, which I feel is a personal blessing, and that's why I wrote it. Um, it'll be, a, it'll be um, it's not like I mentioned, it's not a hardcore type of damnation type of thing. It's it's a, a testimony of different stories, stories similar to what you've heard tonight that say, I made a, I made a mistake. You know, I, I went the wrong route. But, you know, I know that I'm forgiven. I know that I've got to keep going on in life, and I know that I'll be all right. You know, and just for your own peace of mind and your own peace in your soul, you know, get contact us, or contact me, or get a copy of the book and uh, read it, and then contact me and, because uh, we'd love to, we'd love to help you. That's what we're here for. That's why um, Reverend Gregory and Reverend Brian have the Abundant Solutions Hour and Abundant Solutions Enterprises uh, for just such occasions as these. Because we we know that God is the solution. You know, we mentioned earlier, God is the solution, and we know that not only does He have abundant solutions, but He is the solution, and He has all power in His hand, and He is able to forgive you, and He's able to wash you clean and free of that guilt that you're carrying around now, um, you know, confess that and get it out of your system, and don't let Satan hold you in bondage anymore. That's right. That's right. Yes. The name of the book is Some Reasons Why Kids Gone By. Cheryl, if they wanted to get this book, um, where would they get it from? Okay, you can uh, come to my website, which is Raspberry Press and Education, um, the name of the company, and my name is Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, Williams. Um, you can contact me through Post Office Box 65157 
in Baltimore, Maryland, 21209. My website address is spelled just like the fruit, raspberry, R-A-S-P-B-E-R-R-Y-P-R-E-S-S dot com. So that's, uh, let me just repeat that, it's Raspberry Press and Education is the name of my company. Um, it's at P.O. Box 65157, Baltimore, Maryland, 21209. The website address is R-A-S-P-B-E-R-R-Y-P-R-E-S-S dot com. Cheryl, we're going to go to open the lines up one more time. We have a caller calling in from the 434 area code. Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? I guess the caller must have couldn't get through. But I, w- I want to go back to the first caller that we spoke with from the 609 area code. Caller, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Okay, good. You're hanging in there with us. I'm hanging in. <laughs> when, when I just, I just, um, before I just wanted to also say, um, I know Cheryl had, um, you know, just told anyone who's unsaved and is dealing, you know, with the guilt to to call, but also anyone who is saved yeah. and who, you know, may not be at that point where they can say, you know what, I've been forgiven of this, you know, because I know there are some saved women who are still, you know, battling with the guilt and the shame. So we don't want to leave them out. We want them to get the counseling as well. So anyone, basically, who is, who you know, just is feeling overwhelmed with guilt or shame or just whatever, we please call, you know, call Reverend uh, Gregory or, or Brian or even Cheryl and just, just talk to them or find someone who you can trust and get counseling with. Yeah, yeah. So when it happened to you, did you have someone that you could turn to at the time? Um, no, I didn't. I just I spoke to friends. I was 15, and it was it was I guess you could say it was kind of like a way of birth control, you know, because I said okay, I I can't be pregnant, I can't have a child, so that was the, you know, my the solution basically. But I maybe told one friend, but it wasn't like oh, you know, you'll feel better. It was more like, yeah, you did the right thing type of thing. So I really didn't have anybody as far as a support system, you know, to um, counsel me and just, you know, give me godly wisdom or anything like that. I didn't rededicate my life to Christ until several years later. And actually, I told my husband about it. And, you know, and he was like, you know, that was he told me, that you know, abortion is a sin, and we and we talked about it. But he was like, "You're forgiven." He was like, "Don't even sweat it. Don't even you know, think anything about it." But he was like, "You know, but when the opportunity comes, share your testimony because there are going to be other you know people out there who need to hear it." And the thing that keeps ringing in my spirit is, especially these young people nowadays, they want you to be real. They want you to be transparent. And they can tell real from the fake. So they want you, they don't want you to fake your testimony. You know, it's like you got to be like, okay, you know what, yeah. When I was 15, I got pregnant and I had an abortion. I'm not perfect because it's like they, for, to them, when you're a leader or even an older person in the church, they think, oh, they've never been through anything. Mm-hmm. But they want people who are going to be real and be like, you know what, I messed up. I'm not perfect. Yeah, I'm, I may not have done the things that you're doing now, but I've been there and done that, you know. So I think it's very important that we're real with the young people, especially in the church. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point there. Cheryl, did you have any comments to that? I just wanted to say you're right on the one. You are right on the one because um, I'm not sure if you said you heard all of the broadcast or not. I'm not sure if that was you, but... We had talked about earlier how, um, you know, everybody in life has a testimony. We all have a testimony. Uh, part of life, part of the living in life is, is the testimony. And, you know, a lot of us, when we read the Bible and we see examples like David and Joseph or Abraham, we think that those people are so far out of reach because they're biblical characters 
the fact of the matter, matter is that we're all God's characters. You know, we all belong to him. If you belong to the body of Christ, and even if you don't, he says he lets his son shine on the just and the unjust in hopes that you will be a part of the body of Christ. And so we all have a testimony. All of us have something that we have done in life that we can use as a testimony, whether if you're an ex-drug addict. It's not what you've done. It's the idea that you have a testimony in life and that you're to reach back and pick up and carry somebody along that may be having the same struggle that you have, and then eventually they can reach back, and it goes on and on through posterity until Christ comes. Because the point is that if you have done something in your life, whether if you have something you've done in your past, whether it's a murder or whether it's drugs or whether it's pedophilia, homosexuality, promiscuity, whatever the circumstances that you have in your life that are in the past, these are subjects that, and Brian asked me earlier about acceptance with the church. Sometimes the church looks at people who do who do have a testimony in this area where some of them have been accepted, like maybe drug abuse, but others, pedophilia, homosexuality, different ones, people frown at you when you when they think that you're not living up to what the expectations that they have for you are. So if you're not, they, if they think that you're not living up to their expectations, then they frown on you and they judge you. The fact of the matter is that we all have a testimony. All of us have something in our closet, if we admit the truth that we have done, that is going to follow us through life. And it is my firm belief that when we get to heaven, God is going to ask us what we did, you know, what we did to to help further the further the the body of Christ. What have you done? Did you Tell somebody about when you um, used to run numbers when you were younger in order and help to somebody who has a gambling habit. Did you tell somebody when you were um, dipping and dabbing in homosexuality to just not be the way of Christ? Did you tell somebody when you were younger, when you had an abortion, which is my issue, when, when you had an abortion that that this is not the right path, that but they're forgiven and they can carry on in life and become the person that Christ wants them to be in the body of Christ, somebody who's going to contribute. And that's what we all want because we all want to be loved and we all want to be accepted. And that's the reasons that we hide these little sins because we feel like nobody's going to accept us. So the point is that we all have a testimony. And my testimony is abortion. And that's why I wanted to join the gentleman today on the broadcast to hope, in hopes that I can reach somebody or some guys out there um, girl, male, female, whatever, older, younger, and say, look, you know, this is something that I did when I was younger, but I want to start a buzz among the young people and the older people and because when you start a buzz, talk changes things. And if you can get someone out there to talk about a subject, then you can change it. And so that's why I, um, Brian asked me earlier, um, Greg too earlier, about uh, the reason I put myself out there. And it's because of a testimony. Yes, yes. So, Cheryl, would you please give your contact information out? You know, someone may want to contact you for speaking engagement, book signings. I sure will. Contact me at Raspberry Press and Education, P.O. Box 65157, Baltimore, Maryland, 21209. My website address is R-A-S-P-B-E-R-R-Y-P-R-E-S-S dot com. That's Raspberry Press and Education, P.O. Box 65157, Baltimore, Maryland, 21209, raspberrypress.com is my website. Wow. If you want to contact me, Gregory Turner, my email address is Gregory Turner at Abundant Solutions Enterprises dot com. I'm sorry, I know it's long, but it's Gregory Turner at Abundant Solutions Enterprises dot com. Brian, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. Yes, if you want to contact me? Yes. It's uh, info at mindalteringstrategies.com, or you can hit me up on MySpace at uh, www.myspace.com slash Brian J Henderson. You know. Tonight was an awesome, awesome move of God tonight. 
We had testimony after testimony about people holding on to their bondage and, and now they're free. Cheryl? Yes. We thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so very much, much gentlemen. Yes. I've enjoyed myself and I'm I really felt the spirit move on this broadcast. Yes, it definitely did. Until Friday, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour.